Welcome to Sound Prints Audio Magazine, a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind. Sound Prints is underwritten by the American Printing House for the Blind and the Louisville Downtown Lions Club. I'm Carla Rushevel. I'm your host for this week's magazine. This is Sound Prints for the week of May 19, 2019. Pre-registration opens this coming Wednesday, May 22, for the 58th ACB Annual Conference and Convention to be held July 5-12 through 12 in Rochester, New York. ACB members can register between Wednesday and Sunday, May 26. On Monday, May 27, pre-registration opens up for everyone. If you plan on going to Rochester, we suggest that you get registered early so you get the best selection of tours, workshops, and other activities. Registration online can be found by visiting www.acb.org and following the convention links. Or call the ACB office in Minneapolis to register by phone. Their number is 612-332-3242. Also, contact the Minnesota office if you have problems with online registration. The American Council of the Blind supports the reintroduction of the ABLE Age Adjustment Act in the 116th Congress. The Achieving a Better Life Experience ABLE Act allows certain individuals with disabilities the opportunity to save resources in a tax-advantaged savings account, an ABLE account, which can cover disability-related expenses such as education, housing, transportation, employment support, and other support expenses. An individual's resources saved in an ABLE account are exempt from determining their eligibility for Medicaid and Supplemental Security Income, SSI. As introduced in the 115th Congress, the ABLE Age Adjustment Act would increase the eligibility threshold for ABLE accounts for onset of disability from up to age 26 to up to age 46, allow approximately 6 million more individuals to open ABLE accounts, provide long-term stability and viability for the ABLE program, to learn more about whether an ABLE account is right for you, go to irs.gov and search for ABLE accounts. Roundabout this past Friday, May 17, was packed with good times. Patty Cox prepared a delicious meal of ranch chicken strips, mac and cheese, green beans, salad, and lemon and brownie bites for dessert. We had music after dinner with Blaine Grant on keyboard, Jason Ion on harmonica, and Terry Turlow, Deanna Scoggins, Adam Rushevel, Bill Dethridge, and Chuck Runyon on guitar. Chuck also played bass. Ron Brooks, chair of the ACB Board of Publications, was in town this week for a transportation conference. He arrived on Friday and took the opportunity to drop by roundabout. We put him right to work and enjoyed his remarks about himself and his family, his professional work in transportation, and his positions as chair of the ACB Board of Publications and the ACB Transportation Committee. We've included excerpts from his comments on page 2. Sandra Sermons from Washington, D.C. is chair of the ACB International Relations Committee. She visits on page 3 to share details on the Voices from Around the World International Luncheon planned for the ACB Conference and Convention in Rochester. They have a very interesting program planned with speakers from several countries from various parts of the world. And on page 4 is the Sound Prince calendar. Page 2. We're glad everybody is here. Ron Brooks is here. Welcome, Ron. Yeah. And um, 
Ron wrote me earlier this week and said he was going to be in town for a conference. And could he come to Roundabout? And that's like asking if the sun comes up in the morning. You know, of course he can come to Roundabout. And, and um, he said he, well, he thought he'd come to Roundabout because wanted to see how our chapter did things because, you know, he's in, the, in Phoenix and they have a chapter and all that stuff. So um, I wrote back and said, sure, not a problem, but you might want to, you know, tell us, talk to us a few, about a few things too. So, Ron, you can't come to Roundabout and be from out of town and not get pressed into service. That's, that's kind of impossible, but you're, you're never a guy that's at a loss for words, so I think, I think we're in good shape. Ron, do you mind telling us a little bit about why you're in town um, and your job with the Phoenix Transit um, Company, Association, whatever y'all call it in Phoenix, and uh, your, BOP, your BOP hat is, I think, always interesting. Hello. So I'm, I'm going to stand because I've been sitting all day in a very small space, and I'm not very small. So just uh, for all of y'all who don't know, and I'm going to slip back into old habits because I actually grew up in Indiana uh, across, the, across the river. I actually spent part of my childhood uh, right across the river in Clarksville. Um, and you know, we always used to say that Kentucky bordered on the magnificent. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so and then I moved down river to Owensboro for about a year. And I loved Owensboro. <laughs> I had my first girlfriend when I lived in Owensboro. She was a tobacco grower's daughter named Kathleen Adair. You can't get a name like that outside of Kentucky, I don't think. Um, her, after about nine months, her mom told her to write me and tell, tell me that it had been long enough and it was time to move on. So she did. So anyway, so, so I'm going to probably, listening to all you guys, I'm going to start slipping back. So I am Ron Brooks. I am wearing, by the way, for those of you who cannot see, I'm wearing a, a t-shirt, actually, that I, um, when we, one of the things ACB does every year is a walkathon uh, to raise money for ACB. And one year, my family and I, uh, we got shirts. We made a team of ourselves and, and the Desert Dogs, and because uh, we're from Arizona. You know, we've been there about 15 years, so we kind of, you know, we kind of adopted the local custom. And so my shirt on the front has a picture of, it's a guide dog, but he's kind of sitting on a chair, and he's facing, and he's got some shades on, and he's looking pretty cool. And then if I turn around, you can see the back of him with his tail sticking out of the back of the chair. So uh, anyway, I've already gotten comments. I was in the elevator in this fancy hotel downtown, and they don't see shirts like this down in downtown Louisville. So, um, so anyway, thank you for having me. Um, I live in Phoenix. Um, and I have uh, my wife, Lisa, is also a member of the ACB and, and Phoenix chapter, or now we call it the Central Arizona chapter uh, and uh, the Arizona State Affiliate. Um, and we have three kids, teenagers, all sighted. Our eldest just started driving and, and uh, Lyft has been begging me to come back um, because our bills went down significantly uh, once we bought her a car. So. Um, anyway, I, I do work for the transit industry, and so I'm going to just talk a little bit, and um, you know, just I'm happy to answer questions. I am here for the uh, American Public Transit Association's Mobility Conference, and this is a conference that we have every year. The focus is really on transportation that runs on the streets, more so than on rail. This is not a rail conference, per se. This is really about bus transportation, paratransit, 
Um, it's, a, it's becoming more about things like Uber and Lyft and uh, to some degree taxis, although that's kind of becoming a thing of the past. So, so every year we get the industry together. Um, in my role, I've been in the transit industry for 25 years. Uh, I started, I was in college out in uh, San Francisco, at, at San Francisco State, uh, getting a degree in, in um, international relations so that I could go save the world. Um, I didn't end up doing that. <laughs> Um, I, I didn't actually get the degree or save the world. Uh, I ran out of money and decided that I needed a job. And I had a friend who worked for the transit system there. It's called BART. It's a big rail system. And he helped me customize my resume in such a way that HR passed it right through and I got a job. And I've been in the industry ever since. That's been about 25 years. So uh, I spent three years at BART helping them get started with paratransit. This is right after the ADA was passed. And we set up paratransit in the Bay Area, which did not exist before uh, in the form that, that it now does. And then I went to Florida for four years, lived in uh, West Palm Beach, and ran uh, paratransit services and some other stuff down there for the transit system. It was an awful transit system. They didn't want to do anything. And um, I managed to take the budget from about uh, two million to eight million, and so after four years, I think they were done with me. So I went to the private sector, worked for a private company, lived about four years in Albuquerque, New Mexico. I think probably my favorite place that I've ever lived. Uh, went from Albuquerque to the Bay Area for a year. Uh, by this point, I was married. We were having uh, a very young family and moving around the country. Went from there to Illinois uh, for a couple of years, and then on to Arizona for 14. I've definitely been around and seen a lot. Uh, in my transit role now, I chair, in addition to running paratransit and, trans and accessib accessible services, we'll call it, for the Valley Metro, which is our transit system in the Phoenix area. Uh, at the industry level, I actually chair a national committee of, within the industry that focuses on access and accessibility. And, um, and I've been doing that for a number of years. I'm about to finish my term. And we have been very focused lately on uh, really trying to uh, push the industry toward things like Uber and Lyft and making sure those are accessible, that they're, that they're welcoming uh, to people who have disabilities. Obviously, that includes all of us as blind folks. Uh, working really hard as we start to talk about autonomous vehicles. Uh, I personally am a fan. I want one. Uh, if I can't have one, I want to ride in one. Um, it, but they have to be accessible. They have to work, and so we are working really hard. Uh, my agency is doing a pilot with, with a company called Waymo, and um, we are focused on Waymo right now. We're getting ready to do a little pilot test within the disability community to see if we can make Waymo work uh, for people that have disabilities, uh, and that includes blind people. And then the last thing, this year, one of the cool things we are doing, and, and I'm taking credit for this, because. Um, it was something that I, after using Ira uh, as much as I, and I use it a fair amount, um, we decided uh, through my committee to set up a, a wayfinding session at our conference. We've never done one. We've invited companies in to tell us how do you, what tools, technologies, and services do you offer that will help people find bus stops, find transit stops, and use transit services because I provide paratransit, you know, my agency does, and I manage those services, and I've watched as my, my paratransit budget has gone 
uh, from 10 to 12 to now just slightly under $25 million a year. Now we're a big city, so with big service, so that's a pretty big number, but it's really expensive. And, and frankly, it's not much fun to use paratransit. I maybe you guys love your paratransit. I don't hear anybody saying they love their paratransit. But it's a lot more fun to be able to do it on your own. And one of the reasons that a lot of blind people don't is it's really hard to find bus stops. And it's really hard to be confident that you're getting on you know, the right bus and making the right connection and transferring. And IRA offers potential for things like that. And there are other technologies as well. So we are actually bringing these companies in and having them show their stuff to the industry so we can start to educate the industry on some of the latest and greatest technologies and services that are out there uh, for people who are blind or visually impaired and, and other disabilities as well. So, uh, so that's why I'm here in Louisville. Um, that's some of the stuff that we're doing. Um, I could talk about Phoenix, but honestly, transit is transit. Um, we're a little bigger. We have rail. Uh, we have bus. You know, so we have a lot of the same stuff you have, maybe a little bit bigger and a little bit more. Uh, but the issues are the same. How do you get people picked up on time? Get them dropped off on time? How do you not show up five minutes late on Monday and two hours early on Tuesday and, and wait three hours on Wednesday? So yeah, those are the challenges. They're all the same, but I'm happy to talk about them. Um, I have a question. Do any of the pod transit um, committees or whatever they called uh, have any teeth or any um, influence with the transportation in the local city? All right, so I'm going to just jump back in and just teach a question. So you're asking about advisory committees having teeth. Um, so that's an interesting question. We just had, I just had this conversation last week in Phoenix. We have a legislator who was just elected to our state assembly, uh, who is, uh, she's uh, in, a, in a wheelchair, and she's a, she's a good legislator, and, I, I, and we, were, we had her at our ACB, our state Arizona uh, Council of Blind Conference, and I asked her that same question. And the question that I asked her is, how do we get people involved in such a way that we make a difference because the truth is in my experience across the industry and it and it's long it's 25 years in a lot of different cities um, i have i have seen maybe one committee maybe two at the most that truly actually had an impact um, on transportation and on the direction of transportation and the reason for that in my opinion and i'm, and I'm not talking to you more as a member than as an employee of an agency um, in my opinion, most people with disabilities, and, and certainly this is true, I think, in, in the blind community as well, I think we get used to um, accepting what's offered. And we also, I think, sometimes are not willing to do the hard work that has to be done sometimes when things don't work the way they should work. You know, there was a time when things weren't so easy and people really had to go out and push. I think if I could tell the community anything, it's first know what your rights are and know what they are not, because it doesn't do good to ask for things that you really don't have a legal right to get. Um, but, but then you can focus on changing the things that aren't there. You know, changing the law to make it reflect what it should reflect. Build the relationships with people that make decisions, like board members. Um, build relationships with the staff so that 
Uh, they understand that you're serious, that you know your business, that you do your homework, um, and then hold them accountable for when they don't do their, do their jobs. Um, it, it's really tough um, to get an advisory group or a, a, an advisory committee to have those kind of teeth, but it can be done. There are places where it is done, and in every case where it's done, what I've seen is people who, who know their rights, they know the rules, they write things down, and they're very structured about how they approach, approach their work. So I hope that helps. Uh, right now, what we are about to do, in Phoenix we have a program uh, that serves, that basically it, it's in addition to paratransit, it's a separate program that provides uh, what we would used to have called taxi, subsidized taxi service. Now it's taxis plus Lyft plus uh, some other stuff. Uh, but it's basically a service that people who are el eligible for paratransit can also get uh, that gives them a few extra trips. Actually, it's 50 extra trips a month that they can take. And it, it, it's cheaper for us as an agency. So we created this program to encourage people to use other services other than paratransit, which is pretty expensive. And, and so what we did, or what we're going to do, is we are opening uh, our Waymo program, it's a, it, again, it's a pilot, up to a, probably a pretty small number of people who meet some criteria. We're gonna give them access to an app uh, so that they can go out and use this service for a period of time and give us feedback on how it works, how it doesn't work, uh, what challenges they have, uh, what areas are working well, so that we can advise the industry uh, and, and Waymo and the rest of the automated vehicle industry on, on how to improve accessibility of the service uh, and, and so that that service can be developed um, to be uh, accessible for everybody. Okay. So let me just talk for a minute about ACB and, and Board of Publications and, and I don't know how long you want, so I'm just going to go quickly. Uh, a couple of things for um, just kind of shifting gears a little bit. Uh, ACB, I've just I've been involved in the transportation committee for a very long time. I just started uh, serving as the chair uh, a couple three months ago, and um, we are uh, really focused right now on I, I would say kind of reinvigorating our committee. Um, transportation is exhausting, and and it's one of those things that happens at the local level. It is not. Uh, the policies are the, the laws are national, but but the decision making and how it works and how it runs and what it looks like is all determined locally. So it's one of those things where, the, as a national organization like ACB, we can't sit you know in a committee at the at the national level and tell everybody this is how it should work because it's always local. So one of the things that we are talking about doing as a committee is really tr trying to, tr to create ways to train local people and local affiliates uh, so that you guys can manage your own transportation uh, circumstances because they vary by city. A uh, couple of things we're talking about doing are uh, getting back to the practice of having quarterly or, or twice a year uh, programs. We also want to start talking about how to um, create a way for people when they have a challenge, uh, how to help them advocate for their own challenge. And one of the things we actually talked about is helping people if they need to file a federal complaint. Uh, because in the transit world, federal complaints with the Federal Transit Administration matter. 
And they're not hard to write, but blind people just don't seem to want to do it. They, they, they will complain, and they'll even complain through proper channels. But when the transit agency doesn't fix the problem, that's as far as it ever goes. We want to help people learn how to um, raise their voice to the right level to get attention, to get problems solved. So that's something that we're working on at the national level. We do have a program at the uh, convention coming up in Rochester. Uh, it's in conjunction with the Environmental Access Committee. We're going to be talking about some of these new mobility models, Uber, Lyft, uh, bike share, scooters. And, and you know we don't necessarily ride those scooters and those bike shares, but we sure have to walk around them when they're parked all over the curbs. So we want to talk about how those things are affecting our uh, access as pedestrians, um, how those services can benefit or challenge us as riders, and, and uh, yeah, that's something we're going to be focused on at the uh, upcoming ACB conference. So, real quick, do I have time to talk about VOP? Yes. Okay. So I am finishing six long, I'm sorry, I am finishing six years on Board of Publications in July. Um, and long is the appropriate future, right? It has been, actually, this is one of the, when Kim asked me to do this in 2013, um, I... I love to write, uh, so, so I was, I, and I thought, oh, I get to write, cool, and I, and I do write, I mean, I write a fair amount, I, I do some blogging on transportation, I, I, I write a lot on Facebook and other places, but, uh, and I also do a lot of writing within ACB, but actually as a BOP, it's not as much about the writing as it is about making sure that we get, uh, that, we, that we create a... Uh, national newsletter, which is the ACB Braille Forum and E-Forum. Yeah, our job is to, is to make sure that that magazine reflects ACB's values, reflects the diversity of ACB, and addresses you know, the topics and, and issues that are of interest to the people who are reading those magazines and who are part of our membership. Uh, we are also uh, responsible for uh, a couple of awards that are given out each year. Uh, one is, an, is the Nettie Freeman Excellence in Writing Award, which goes to people who write articles in uh, the Braille Forum and E-Forum, or uh, folks who write them for, for affiliate uh, news, newsletters and, and things like that. Uh, we also give out the Vernon Henley Award, which is an award that goes to an organization, can be either inside or outside of ACB, uh, that is focused on uh, promoting uh, a positive image of people who are blind or visually impaired. And then we have an affiliate award called the Liggett Award, which is for a, an affiliate newsletter. And um, so those are awards that we give out each year. Um, and um, so we do that. We're also responsible for the candidates, the ACB uh, elections every year. Um, we uh, sponsor a candidate's webpage where candidates can post information about themselves. We host a candidates forum, which is now done just before convention in a phone slash online format. Um, so people can uh, hear the candidates, ask questions of the candidates, and, and start to make their decisions. And something we just started last year was a town hall meeting at convention, which is a little bit more free flowing. Uh, the, the idea here is that this is where you can, uh, it's right before, so if there are people running from the floor, a lot of times yeah, those people are, are known by this point, and so they can also participate. And it's a chance that for people to just ask other kinds of questions. So that's something we do, and it's a lot of fun. Something that we started doing this year, this past year in July, 
we began to write, uh, to create themes for each issue of the ACB Braille Forum and eForum. And because what we found is that every forum sort of looked like every other forum. And honestly, I was getting bored. Um, so we started creating themes. We had a theme on back to school. We had a theme on um, employment. We've had a theme on relationships, which we did at, or at uh, Valentine's Day, or, or February. Uh, we've, so we've done different themes, and we're getting ready uh, to do a theme on independence for July, because it's obviously Independence Day. Uh, so we're gonna continue. What we found is that people like the themes. Uh, they really like uh, having the content. I mean, most, the magazine is still, has a lot of kind of normal every month content, like the, President's message and some of the committee reports that come up and and things about the convention and stuff like that. But then we really focus a little bit of content around a theme and the theme and the content can be everything from you know kind of articles to poems to uh, you know just uh, portrayals of affiliates affiliates that work on a, on a given issue that's related to that theme. And we find that people really have liked this. So this is. These are all things that we've started doing within the last, uh, you know, few years, uh, and um, I'm actually, you know, we. I think it's been a, really a lot of fun. I think the BOP has. Uh, I think we're more relevant. I think the ACB Braille Forum and eForum are more relevant, and uh, I think we're in a good place. So I would encourage you to check it out if you're not, if you don't read your forum, um, you know, please do. There are lots of ways to get it. You can get it online. You can get it uh, in Braille or in large print at least every other month. You can get it uh, via podcast. You can get it by phone. Um, so there are lots of ways to get it. And um, you know, I would encourage you to check it out. Give us your feedback and, and also help us write. Uh, help us write. One of the things BOP is doing at the conference this year is we are going to have a writer's, it's called Writer's Workshop. What we're going to do this year is talk about all of the ways that people can consume uh, the ACB publications. We're going to have uh, stations set up around the room where people can come and, and learn how to do different things like download the podcast or um, get it on your iPhone because you can actually do that as well. Um, and we're going to have that out there. And we're also going to talk about how affiliates can do some of that stuff with their own local affiliate newsletters because a lot of affiliates have the same challenges that we do. Um, and one thing I didn't mention is you can also get the forum on NLS cartridge now. Um, so that's kind of new. It started about a year, not quite a year ago and a lot of people really like that as well. So anyway, lots going on. Arizona, our affiliate, you guys are a big affiliate. I mean, compared to us, you're a pretty good sized affiliate. You have a lot of going on. You have chapters around the state. Uh, we are a small affiliate in Arizona. We used to be bigger, so we are down a little bit right now, working very hard to build new chapters. We're, we're up to three, three chapters again, which for us is a good number. Uh, we'd like to have a bigger number, but it's a start. Um, we are starting to get more people involved, and that's important because in 2021, y'all are gonna come to Phoenix and see us, and we wanna be ready for you, so. Um, and by the way, Phoenix is lovely in July. Don't believe anything they tell you. Page three. I'm speaking with Sandra Sermons. She is, once again, the chair of the International Relations Committee for ACB. 
and we're going to be talking about the Voices from Around the World luncheon that will be part of the upcoming convention in Rochester, New York. Welcome, Sandra. Thank you, Carla. It's a pleasure to be on your show. Sandra is from the Washington, D.C. area, actually in Maryland. Rockville, Maryland. Yep. And uh, she's been on Soundprints with us before, visits each year to talk to us about the luncheon. And the nice thing, really great thing about the Voices from Around the World is it gives not only people a chance to meet the international guests who are at the convention, but they also usually have an interesting topic that they're going to be talking about. And this year, the topic is really a cool one. So, Sandra, tell us about the luncheon and... And uh, then tell us about the programming that people are going to be able to hear when they get to the luncheon. Okay. As I said, um, thank you again. And um, Carla mentioned that Voices from Around the World is basically our way of welcoming our international guests and allowing ACB members to kind of get to know the guests, offer them a a really good ACB welcome. And we do try to change things up every year, try to give it a different twist, a different blend. Um, Our international speaker is going to be Dr. Fred Schroeder, who's the president of the World Blind Union. Um, But for the topic, uh, what we kind of selected, as people who are blind or visually impaired, um, there are a lot of things, nonverbal cues, that we sometimes miss. So, for example, you know, we know that it is customary in the United States to give somebody a hug. You, you, you see them for the first time, you, you haven't seen them in a while, you give them a hug, you, you know. Um, but when you go outside of this country, when you go to another country, how about their cultural norms? Um, are hugs appropriate? Do you kiss on each cheek? Do you kiss? What? Do you have to remove your shoes? Should you... And we know that that sighted people also um, can face the same thing. But we really try to pay particular attention, of course, because we are um, people who are blind or visually impaired, and we we, we don't want to be disrespectful. We want to honor whoever, wherever we are. We we want to be able to be invited back. We we don't want to just be um, a bunch of dumb Americans. Uh, oh, they don't know any better. So um, I was sharing earlier with Carla. I, I took a trip to the Czech Republic, and when I met my host sister, I gave her a hug. She stepped backward. I thought, how rude. I A few months later, um, her fiancé gave me a hug, and I'm, well, how come you could, you know, hugs? I thought they were, you know, forbidden, taboo. No, he said, I see American TV all the time, and I, you know, I know you guys do a lot of hugging. So I said, well, how come Papua didn't? And he brought something to my attention that didn't even occur to me. He said, hugs are silent. Hugs, she didn't know that that's what you do. Just as I didn't know that handshakes are more um, prevalent in the Czech Republic, in Europe, they quite often substitute for hugs. So um, the question kind of that kernel of information sort of planted in my mind and through the years, I, okay, what, I wonder what other sorts of cultural faux pas we may very well commit 
<laughs> simply because we can't see. Yes. We don't know what they're doing. We do, we barely know our own in a lot of instances. So <laughs> true. <laughs> you know, saying okay, and it and it quite often does not occur to us. Before we leave this country, okay, what are some of the cultural norms? Oh, they kiss twice on both cheeks. They remove their shoes when they enter a home if you've been outside. I mean, we, we, those are questions that we're very good about being resourceful. We get our travel information together. We, you know, our guides and that. But I, I, I believe and, and I've spoken with enough people to kind of bear that out that that's not one of the questions that we ask, and that can lead to some issues, you know, some not so much, and some, some are, you know, depending on the situation. So the goal of this particular workshop is to bring together some panelists from around the world um, who are going to discuss what some of their non, nonverbal cultural norms are um, and just, you know, w- what to kind of perhaps develop questions that we can ask to, to because for us it's about obtaining information and sometimes it's a matter of asking the right questions so that you obtain the information you need um, to, to proceed. And so we're going to have um, one of the panelists is Amos Beer. He's the, cha- the CEO of the Braille and Talking Book Library in Tel Aviv, Israel. Um, one panelist is um, Carrie Eiffel. She is from Barbados. She's president of the Caribbean Council of the Blind. Um, another panelist is Peter Brass, who is from um, Berlin, Germany, and Francisco Lima, who is from Recife, um, Brazil. And and as I said, they we're, we're doing something a bit new. Um, we the, all of these people unfortunately will not be able to visit us in person. However, they will be participating remotely. So, assuming that our technology functions properly, um, we will be skyping them in. They will be able to give their presentations, and they will also be able to um, accept questions. That that you know, Skype things like Skype and Zoom um, just make it tremendous to be able to um, have people participating from anywhere and they can hear each other and they can hear people in the room and like you say if all goes well um, you can have a truly international presentation and and people are from all kinds of places but the neat thing about the panel that you've outlined is that they're from vastly different areas yes and so it should be a really, really interesting lunch. We, Sandra, have, um, uh, we're offering a continuing ed credit. That people can get a half a credit for attending that lunch if they're looking for uh, continuing education credits. And um, I think this is going to be a very, very interesting uh, topic and one that's really timely for people. Whether the person is traveling or not, it's interesting to know about different cultures. And, uh, you know, I may not travel to uh, to Israel. Israel or Brazil, but it's interesting to me to know how their culture differs from ours. 
so um, I think, and, and especially from a, a visually impaired person's point of view, um, and and the things that you would not or would, as the case may be, want to be sure that you did, um, if if you went to that culture. So and, and exactly, and the thing about it is, um, you know, you never stop learning. You never. Right. Strength in diversity. The, right. the more you know about other cultures, um, that that makes you all the better. Plus, even if you never go to Israel or Germany or Brazil, um, you know it can even help you. Like when when some of your friends are going, you know, right. giving them pointers. Okay, well, make sure if you're going to, you know, the Middle East, you might need a veil or a, a scarf to cover your face or. You know, um, be prepared to take your shoes off when you um, return home or whatever. You know, be prepared for, you know, being kissed on the cheek. Don't don't be surprised when you um, are kissed on the cheek or, you know, no hugs. We're going to, you know, do handshakes. Mm-hmm. All of those things, um, you never, whether you use them directly or you pass those nuggets of knowledge on, right. still, that's important. Exactly, and uh, I think your your example of you know having met the the boyfriend um, a few months after you had met uh, your uh, person, yeah, uh, is is really a good one because he could see the customs uh, for on TV. Well, if we're watching something from another country, we don't pick up on those things uh, on TV unless. It's included. If if it is, if there is audio description, it it's it would have to be included in that audio description, right. and it may or may not be. Right. You know, it, it might not be an element that gets spoken, and so we don't know. And the thing about it is, um, it create. I mean, I spent. You know, it it. I didn't hold it against her, but but in the back of my mind, I always mm-hmm. thought. How rude. Yes. And and truth be told, she didn't know. Right. And you didn't know. Right. Neither you did not know her custom. Right. So it was a it was a two way street that where neither one of you realized that that it was creating the problem that it was or was not creating for the other person. Right. And if he had, if Dan had not said, Well, I can see the hugs. She right. can't. Neither right. can you. So right. oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> okay, so tell me um, when this is. Registration's about to open on for ACB, and so when is the lunch, and uh, where can people, where should people go in registration to sign um, up for that lunch? Day and time, and so Monday. So um, Monday at twelve fifteen. Twelve fifteen. Yeah. Okay. Um, Voices from around the world is the is the name. Um, so if you look on the pre-reg form, you should see it. You should okay. register. Um, if you, for whatever reason, don't do the pre-reg, you can always pay at the door, $35. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. All right. So, and if you if you purchase the ticket on pre-reg, it's a couple of dollars cheaper, 32 30 30 yes. 33 30 30 Oh, that's, that's a real deal. That's worth doing. Yeah. yeah. Yes. All right. So thirty dollars pre registration, thirty five on site. And um be sure and 
uh, be sure and think about adding that to the schedule because uh, you know there's a lot of options there's a lot of things to choose from at the convention but this this proves to be is going to be an outstanding session and we hope people will participate definitely so. the more the merrier um, you know I always enjoy coming on to sound prints um, mm -hmm. you guys are great magazine great way of publicizing what we do yeah we're um, always glad so, to have you yes so and we appreciate you being with us this year and we hope that you have a very successful event thank you and i hope to see all of you guys um at in rochester at voices all right thank you aph is nearby explorer is a full-featured GPS app for iOS and Android devices that empowers users to travel with confidence. It uses GPS and your phone's compass to speak real-time information about your surroundings, including millions of points of interest in the U.S. and Canada. Nearby Explorer is available on Google Play and on the App Store. Page 4, The Sound Prince Calendar. On Tuesday, May 21, the Kentucky School for the Blind will hold its graduation ceremonies at 6.30 p.m. on the campus of the School for the Blind in the Ritchie Auditorium, 1867 Frankfort Avenue in Louisville. For information, call the school at 502-897-1583. On May 22, the Bluegrass Council of the Blind will have its next peer support group meeting from noon to 2 p.m. BCB member Lion Pat Ryan will share information about the Lion's Diabetes Project. This will be at the BCB office at 1093 South Broadway in Lexington. RSVP at 859-259-1834. On May 23, the Kentucky Council of Citizens with Low Vision will hold its next in-person support group meeting from 1.30 to 3.30 p.m. in Louisville at United Crescent Hill Ministries, 150 South State Street. For more information, call 502-895-4598. May 24, the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind will have its next roundabout. Education and Technology from 3.30 to 5 p.m. The Tip Sheet from 5 to 5.30. Page Turners, where you can share great books that you've read and that you think others might enjoy. And a meeting of the Tri-State Library users beginning at 5.30 p.m. Dinner at 6, $6 per person and games and crafts from 7 until 9.30. Please note, the KCB Next Generation will not be holding an activity at this meeting. Roundabouts are at United Crescent Hill Ministries in Louisville. Please call 502-895-4598 to sign up. On May 25, ACB Next Generation will have its next Saturday night live hangout. 8 p.m. Eastern by phone. ACB members and individuals under the age of 40 are invited to join this nationwide Saturday night chat focusing on a designated topic. For more information, contact Amanda Selm at 502-750-1774 or email Amanda at alsmoot, S-M-O-O-T-87, at gmail.com. The phone number for the chat is 669-900-6833 and enter code 3572-595-193. On May 26, ACB Families invites you to its next 
Families Support Group Meeting at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Participate from anywhere in the country by calling 712-432-3900 and entering code 796096. On May 27, Guide Dog Users of Kentuckiana will have its next membership conference call at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. The phone number is 605-475-6006 and the code is 294444. May 27 is the Savvy Budget Meeting. This is for the Support Alliance of the Visually Impaired and is at 8 p.m. Central Time on the conference line at 669-900-6833 and the code is 3572-595-193. On May 28, ACB Next Generation will have its nationwide organizational committee call and that will be at 8 p.m. Eastern Time for ACB members and others 40 years old and under who are interested in participating in the Nationwide Special Interest Committee activities in ACB. The number is 669-900-6833 and the code is 3572-595-193. On May 31, the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind will have its last roundabout of the month Individual activities with education, technology, Braille, and more from 3.30 until 5, discussion time 5 to 6, dinner 6 to 7, and games and activities from 7 until 9.30. The theme of this activity will be a Memorial Day party, so plan to wear your red, white, and blue and be ready for some special games and presentations. All at United Crescent Hill Ministries in Louisville. Call 502-895-4598 to sign up. Activities for June include, on June 1, Kids Day, 10.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. at the American Printing House for the Blind. Bring your younger child for an event full of entertaining games and activities that help them understand what it means to be blind. The event is free, but registration is required. Best for ages 6 to 12 at the APH Museum, 1839 Frankfurt Avenue in Louisville. Call 502-899-2213 for more information and to sign up. On June 2, the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind will have its committee meetings by phone as follows. The Advocacy Committee will meet at 7 p.m. Eastern, and the Education, Activities, and Technology Committee will meet at 8 p.m. Eastern. The phone number is 605-475-6006, and the code is 294444, and we encourage anyone interested in participating in these activities to join the call. On June 3, the Support Alliance of the Visually Impaired will have its program committee meeting at 7 p.m. Central Time. The phone number is 669-900-6833, and the code is 3572-595-193. On June 4, the Kentucky Council of Citizens with Low Vision invites you to its next conference call meeting at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. This is for individuals statewide who are experiencing low vision, and people are encouraged to ask questions and express concerns and get support from each other. The number is 669-900-6833, and the code is 3572-595-193. There will also be some business for KCCLV conducted at this meeting. 
On June 6th, the Bluegrass Council of the Blind will have its quarterly membership meeting and luncheon. From 12 to 2 p.m., the program, BCB members connect with others through ACB. The BCB office is where this activity will be held, 1093 South Broadway in Lexington. RSVP by calling 859-259-1834. On June 6th, the ACB Lions will have its next conference call at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. This is a national call, and we encourage any blind individual who is interested in becoming a lion or individuals who currently are lions or who have been lions in the past to feel free to join this call. The number is 712-432-3900 and the code is 796096. On June 7, the GLCB Roundabout will include education and technology from 3.30 to 5, discussion time 5 to 6, Dinner, 6 to $7, $6 per person, and games and crafts from 7 until 9.30 at the United Crescent Hill Ministries on State Street in Louisville. Call 502-895-4598 to sign up. June 8 is the GLCB board meeting at 11 a.m. by conference call. The number is 605-475-6006 and the code is 294444. On June 9, KCB Next Generation will have its statewide Kentucky Chapter Conference Call at 8 p.m. by phone. This is the regular monthly chapter meeting for visually impaired people 40 and under in Kentucky. Dial 669-900-6833 and enter code 3572-595-193. On June 9, ACB Families will have its monthly meeting at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, Participate from anywhere in the country by calling 712-432-3900 and entering code 796096. On June 11, the Support Alliance of the Visually Impaired, SAVVY, will have its monthly in-person meeting in Owensboro from 1 to 3 p.m. Central Time. The speaker will be Michael Hudson, Director of the Museum at the American Printing House for the Blind. The meeting will be held at the Wing Avenue Baptist Church, 628 Wing Avenue in Owensboro. For more information, call 270-684-4418 or 270-686-8689. On June 11, Savvy will hold a board meeting by conference call at 7 p.m. Central Time at 669-900-6833 and the code is 3572-595-193. On June 12, the Northern Kentucky Council of the Blind will have a meeting by conference call at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Call 605-475-4700 and enter code 155619. For more information about the Northern Kentucky Council, call 859-781-7369. On June 12, KCB will hold its PR Membership Committee meeting at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Dial 669-900-6833 and enter code 3572-595-193. Anyone interested in helping with PR and membership? with the Kentucky Council of the Blind is welcome to join this call. On June 13, the Kentucky Council of Citizens with Low Vision will have its first peer support group meeting in person in Louisville from 1.30 to 3.30 p.m. 
at United Crescent Hill Ministries, 150 South State Street. This is a great activity for those who have begun experiencing vision loss or who have had vision loss for several years. For more information, call 502-895-4598. June 14 is the GLCB Roundabout, Education and Technology, 335, Discussion Time, 5 to 6, Dinner, 6 to 7, $6 per person, Bargain Table, 7 to 7.30, Bingo, $2 per person, 7.30 to 9.30, at United Crescent Hill Ministries on State Street in Louisville. For more information, call 502-895-4598, and also be sure to call to sign up. On June 15, Braille for the Sighted, 10.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. So do you ever stare at those dots in an elevator and wonder how they can possibly mean words? In two hours, we can have you reading simple Braille and writing Braille on a slate and stylus or a Braille writer. The event is free, but registration is required. Best for adults and children, 6 and up. American Printing House for the Blind Museum. Call 502-899-2213 to sign up. June 16 is a KSB alumni board meeting, 8 p.m. Eastern Time by conference call at 605-475-6006, intercode 294444. June 17 is the Kentucky Council of the Blind Board meeting at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, dial 669-900-6833 and intercode 3572-595-193. On June 21 is another GLCB roundabout, this time with a special speaker. Education and technology from 3.30 to 5 p.m., discussion time 5 to 6, including a presentation and question and answer period on the new enhanced IDs. Dinner 6 to 7, $6 per person, and games and crafts from 7 until 9.30 at United Crescent Hill Ministries, 150 South State Street in Louisville. Call 502-895-4598 to sign up. June 22 is the ACB Next Generation Saturday Night Live Hangout, 8 p.m. Eastern Time by phone. ACB members and individuals under the age of 40 are invited to join this nationwide Saturday night chat, focusing on designated topics and also just time for making friends and socializing. Contact Amanda Salm at 502-750-1774 for more information or call 669-900-6833 and enter code 3572-595-193 to join the Hangout. On June 23, ACB Families will have its next peer support group meeting, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Participate from anywhere in the country by calling 712-432-3900 and entering code 796096. June 24, Guide Dog Users of Kentuckiana will have their membership conference call for June, 7 p.m. Eastern Time by phone, 605-475-6006, enter code 294444. On June 24, the Savvy Budget Committee will meet at 8 p.m. Central Time at 669-900-6833, enter code 3572-595-193. On June 25, ACB Next Generation will have its nationwide organizational committee call at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 669-900-6833, enter code 
595-193. On June 26th, the Bluegrass Council will have its peer support group meeting from noon to 2 p.m. at the BCB office in Lexington. For more information and to sign up, call 859-259-1834. June 27 will be the second Kentucky Council of Citizens with Low Vision support group meeting in person from 1.30 to 3.30 p.m. at United Crescent Hill Ministries in Louisville. For more information, call 502-895-4598. June 28 is the last GLCB roundabout of the month. Education and technology from 3.30 to 5. Tip sheet, 5 to 5.30. Page turners, 5.30 to 6. Dinner, 6 to 7. KCB Next Generation activity, 7 to 9.30, and other games and crafts also from 7 to 9.30. At United Crescent Hill Ministries in Louisville, call 502-895-4598 for more information. And a few important events for July. July 5 to 12 is the 58th Annual ACB Conference and Convention in Rochester, New York. Be prepared to enjoy exhibits, workshops, programs, tours, opportunities for continuing education credits, and so much more are available at this full week of activities and fun. For more information, visit www.acb.org. Call the Kentucky Council of the Blind at 502-895-4598 or contact ACB Convention Coordinator Janet Dickelman at 651-428-5059. July 26 and 27 is the Kentucky School for the Blind 74th Annual Alumni Conference and Reunion at the Ramada Inn in Louisville, 1041 Zorn Avenue. To make sure that you receive a registration packet for this reunion, please contact Carla Rushevel, Alumni Treasurer, at 502-897-1472. If you have questions about the Kentucky Council of the Blind or you need information on resources for people with vision loss, Call us at 502-895-4598 or email us at kcb at kentucky-acb.org. Sound Prince is a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind and is heard each week on ACB Radio Mainstream at acbradio.org, Central Kentucky Radio I at radioi.org, and the KCB website at www.kentucky-acb.org. Complete schedule information is also available on the website. Sound Prince is underwritten by the Louisville Downtown Lions Club, and by the American Printing House for the Blind. This is Carla Rushable for Sound Prints. Have a great week, everybody.